I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board-certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I am joined by the brilliant Dr. Amy Thompson, who is here to talk about brushing your pet's teeth. I'm very excited to talk about this because I think I'm going to take away some really good tips and tricks to implement into my own family and my three dogs who definitely could use a little bit more toothbrushing. So welcome to today's episode, Dr. Thompson. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about your story. Why is it that teeth are so exciting and important to you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's pretty funny um, because it definitely was a bit of a windy road. Dentistry was definitely not on my radar. It just kind of fell sort of into my lap, so to speak, when I entered general practice after graduating. Um, And I actually graduated as a mixed animal student, heavily focused on cats and dogs, but also dairy cows. And then just the way that life worked out, I took a small animal position right out of vet school and was fortunate to have an amazing mentor who kind of took me under her wing, so to speak, and taught me dentistry because we just didn't get a ton of it. Uh, It's hard to fit everything in, in vet school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something that I didn't have a lot of. And so I learned a lot in my first year. And the more I learned, the more I realized I didn't know and I wanted to know. And then it just was this proverbial snowball effect, I guess. And so what is it about teeth and about oral health care that really gets you so passionate Yeah, it does. It really gets me fired up. I think it just comes down to a combination of things. But overall, I do find as a pet owner, pet parent, and as a veterinarian, um, it's just something that maybe we don't all as a whole, like the whole healthcare team, pet parents, veterinarians, technicians, I think it's maybe something that isn't always the top of our radar. And then when you find it and you treat it, it just really makes such a huge impact on that pet's quality of life. And it just, it became almost like this repetitive where, you know, we'd have pet parents that were like, well, you know, they're getting older. And so we think it's like an aging thing. And then I would find some oral disease and, you know, they would trust in me, which is very, you know, humbling 
to go and care for that. And then they would come back two weeks after the oral surgery and be like, oh my gosh, they haven't played with this ball in like months or years, or he hasn't been on the cat tree in months. And so that was just very exciting and, you know, fulfilling to be able to make that impact. Yeah, I think fulfilling definitely is the word that I would use there. It gives you such joy to be able to see a huge increase in an animal's quality of life and bringing the pet owner their pet back from getting that slowed down, kind of not their self. That's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about toothbrushing. Why is this one thing that you really like talking about? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I really do love talking about it. I guess for a lot of reasons, it can be quite positive. I know for a lot of dogs and pet parents and, and kitty cats too, it's awkward. It should be something that's pretty basic. We all brush our teeth multiple times a day. And then so extrapolating that to our pets, it should be somewhat simple. And I find that it it's just not simple. Um, and it's not done the same way. And it, it can be very frustrating and something that isn't kept up as a regular routine. And when it is, it can make such a huge impact in the oral health of our pets. And so it's sort of like this gap, I think, in what we want for our pets and being able to deliver that. And so I guess I've just learned tips and tricks and going through it with my own small breed dog. Um, I've kind of learned from that and, and I'm excited with when it does happen and it is consistent, how much of an impact it can make. So I just, I like being able to hopefully kind of bridge that gap, so to speak. So you mentioned your own small breed dog. I talk a lot about my dog, Russell Sprout, who is the mascot for your vet wants you to know and kind of relate with everything that he's gone through with his allergies and Cushing's disease and behavioral problems. So do you have kind of a, a relationship that will help our pet owners relate to toothbrushing in terms of your relationship with your little dog? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I didn't get her until I was in my residency. And I'd never envisioned myself having a small breed dog. I'd always had like medium breed dogs and dogs that would go for runs with me. And so I had this vision in my head that this little dog couldn't do those things with me. But Raisin Nose is very fast. So she likes to go running with me. But it- I love that name. Raisin <laughs> Nose is absolutely adorable. Yeah. My sister just started calling her that because she's like chocolate color and her nose looks like a raisin and it's just sort of stuck. And yeah, it fits with her. But yeah, so I got her maybe when she was about two and, you know, she's a Chihuahua cross and having been in dentistry and focused on that for years, you know, you see a middle age or even young Chihuahua. I know the stats, toy breed dogs, 90% of them have periodontal disease by the time they're one year old. Um, So I'm counting her at two and going, okay, this is going to be an uphill battle. And she was a rescue and I don't know a lot of her history, but she didn't know what grass was or toys were. So there was a lot that we needed to work through for her to trust me. So coming at her with a toothbrush wasn't top of the list, um, <laughs> but we slowly sort of incorporate that into our time together. Fast forward several years, now we're at the point where she'll come and she'll sit and sometimes she'll just roll over on her back and just let me brush her teeth. <laughs> um, so I think I have some videos and pictures of that on my Instagram where she's just like, all right, this is the thing we do. And I think that's important because um, it took time to get there. Um, And so it's not something that happens overnight. And at the same time, I've been able to see the sort of 
quote unquote fruits of that labor. You know, she's seven ish and has all of the teeth she came to me with, which is a pride point for <laughs> for me. Absolutely. That's really impressive. And so for pet owners out there who may not be aware, little dogs by far have a much higher risk of having periodontal disease and, and having problems with their teeth. So for you to have all of those teeth, I, I would be proud of that too, if I were you. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> That's great. If people want videos of her getting her teeth brushed, they can check out your Instagram, Toothy Thompson, and follow you for dental tips as well. Before we get into actually how to do that tooth brushing, why would you say that a routine is so important? What are the benefits that pet owners are going to get out of this routine? So it kind of comes down to the sort of pathology of periodontal disease. So essentially what I talk about, which is maybe a bit of an ick factor, but like I think we can all relate to when we wake up in the morning and some people will call them like their little fuzzy sweaters or that like slimy feeling on our own teeth. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, when you wake up, you're like, okay, I need to brush my teeth. And so I bring that up just so that like, you know, the same thing happens in our pet's mouths, which, you know, when I state that kind of seems obvious, but sometimes we don't think about it that way. And so that what you're feeling ick factor, everyone's going to go brush their teeth after this episode, is basically <laughs> plaque, which is a, a biofilm of bacteria. So the bacteria in the mouth basically kind of like link arms and create this sort of film. So as opposed to like free floating sort of elsewhere in the body, I kind of think of it as just like this little like army on the teeth that don't want to be disrupted. And so while we'll use, you know, minty flavored toothpaste so that we have nice breath as well, the main function of brushing is to disrupt that army. Um, and it really needs to be done mechanically because it's, I mean, I'm a nerd, so I think it's cool, but essentially it's like this organism that's created and these bacteria, when they're linked arms, can like kind of battle away sort of antibiotics or oral rinses or things like that. Like they're pretty good at arming themselves against those things. But if you get a toothbrush in there and disrupt it and basically unlink their arms, then they've kind of like lost their army defense kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. So being able to actually physically remove that army from the mouth is helpful in protecting the teeth and keeping them healthy. Mm -hmm. So if the pet owner wants to accomplish this successfully and be able to implement a toothbrushing routine long term, let's give them some tools to make it easy and realistic. When would you say is the best time to brush an animal's teeth? Truly, I would say whenever's the best time for them and their pet, like when can we make this a positive experience? Because the whole goal is to disrupt that quote unquote army or that biofilm because it builds up in the shortest 12 hours, you know, but it doesn't become calcified or turned into calculus or tartar for about 24 hours. So it's, that's why coming back to, you know, the routine, why routine so important is because if we can do it each day, we're kind of disrupting that army before they're solidified or calcified onto the tooth and we can't disrupt it that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think just finding a time in your day that works for both you and your pet, that's going to be the ideal time. Because if I say, you know, you've got to do it in the morning or the evening, and then that 
time period comes along and it doesn't get done, well, then it gets missed for a day. And then, you know, we kind of fall off the wagon, so to speak. The right time (laughs) truly is when it works for you and your pet and making that sort of a daily routine so that we can kind of get ahead of that army, so to speak. Yeah. So you get to pick the time (laughs) that works for you. And I would say pairing it with something positive. What's the highlight of the day or when will be the highlight of the day and trying to pair it with something that they really enjoy? Because at first it's kind of awkward and it's weird. And so we want it to be a positive experience. Now, when you say positive experience, I talk about this a lot with a lot of the dermatology things that I ask my pet owners to do with their pets. And oftentimes a positive experience involves some sort of food reward. Uh, But how does that incorporate into when you're brushing their teeth and you're trying to get their teeth clean? Can you incorporate food with that? For sure. Yes. So I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions because with us and our teeth, it's like, okay, we want to brush after we eat. And certainly that would be okay. But the main reason for us is because of cavities. So we brush, you know, to prevent cavities as well as periodontal disease. I think we talk more with human oral health, or at least my personal impression with my own health is we talk a little bit more about cavities, whereas cats, we haven't really documented. They get the same kind of decay as humans and dogs. They get other weird lesions, but, uh, less than 5% of dogs get cavities. So actually we, I often actually always brush raisin nose's teeth before her meal or before a treat. That's a great way of creating that positive association between, okay, I'm getting my teeth brushed. And as soon as my teeth are brushed, I am going to get something delicious right afterwards. So they look forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. So the idea for us is we brush and then there's nothing on our teeth, like no sugars or things like that, um, that can cause cavities. Whereas I would say the shift or the focus should be more on just breaking up that army of bacteria on our cat and dog's teeth. And so adding food in after is okay because we've disrupted that. Perfect. So let's get down into the nitty gritty of the actual toothbrushing process. Talk us through step by step how to brush the teeth in a way that's more successful than when I brush my toddler's teeth. (laughs) Do you have any specific tips for each species? Yeah, for sure. So I find the biggest resistance And maybe I don't have a toddler, so you can tell me if it's the same with toddlers. But (laughs) pets, I would say the biggest obstacle is like them chewing on the toothbrush or like they feel maybe nauseous or uncomfortable having that toothbrush like on their tongue or touching the roof of their mouth. They just want to get it out of their mouth. Trying to brush the inside surfaces of the teeth don't go well. I guess the way I look at it is if brushing all the surfaces of your pet's teeth happens once in a blue moon, once a month, maybe once a week, once every six weeks, then we're kind of quote unquote missing the boat or we're behind the eight ball when we talk about that. Again, going back to the army of bacteria or the plaque, well, it's been there and it's calcified on there because of the minerals and the saliva. And then we've gotten plaque on top of that. And so now we've got stuff that we can't brush away. So I personally would much rather see myself, other pet parents, brush the outside surfaces consistently each day than just intermittently brushing all the surfaces, I guess. 
And so the way in which we can do that, and I find more accepting to pets, is allowing them to keep their mouth closed. And I would say I'd go as far as to say that I encourage to keep the mouth closed. So for me, I'm right-handed. So I use my left non-dominant hand and the thumb and index um, finger on that hand. And I put my thumb under Scout's chin. And then I put just my index finger over her muzzle and just the slightest bit of pressure um, just to help encourage her to keep her mouth closed. And then I slide with my dominant hand or right hand the toothbrush just underneath like her cheek between her cheek and her teeth. And it's three to four strokes back and forth. And then like a little sweep down motion, which probably, I don't know, takes maybe 10, 15 seconds. And then I do the other side and then I just do the front teeth. So in all probably less than a minute. That seems pretty, pretty feasible. Actually, it doesn't seem overwhelming when you describe it like that. But what about for those pet owners who have never used a toothbrush with their pet before? Would you recommend that they just come at their dog or their cat right with the toothbrush? <laughs> or is there kind of like a gradual build yeah. up that they should do? Yeah, sorry, I guess I just jumped right in. So like that would be the goal with a toothbrush. Certainly, generally how I started with you know, start with puppies or I started with Scout um, because she was unfamiliar with it is again, that positive reinforcement. I think a lot of us go back to the treats, even just handling the mouth because some pets aren't used to having their mouth handled and even just practicing holding their mouth closed with very minimal pressure. Like it's not a lot of pressure. It's weird describing it because normally pre-COVID, I would show owners. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would start with just the handling of the mouth, like them allowing you to hold their mouth and then they get a treat or, you know, an encouraging phrase like yes or good girl, good boy, like start with that. And then once you're there holding the mouth with your non-dominant hand and then just lifting the lip or touching the canine tooth or touching a tooth, then I often will just start using my finger instead of a toothbrush just so they get the feeling of something touching their teeth between their cheek. And then sort of then the toothbrush, then you could start with a little bit of toothpaste on your finger and then kind of bring it all together. Great. So working it up step by step, just holding the mouth gently closed, giving a reward, putting a finger inside the mouth, giving a reward, putting a toothbrush inside the mouth, giving a reward, maybe adding some toothpaste on if they like it and giving a reward and kind of building up as the animal is showing that calm acceptance for each increasing step. Yes. Yeah. And, um, And I do find like using a thumb and index finger and then curling your other fingers down, they can see you. When I first started, I would like use my whole hand and she's so little that like my hand would kind of cover her vision of me. Like anybody, I think we can appreciate like if someone's covering your eyes, you're like, what's going on? So I've also found that that is helpful too, that they can kind of see me. You know, we have a good relationship. I generally wouldn't do anything to harm her. And obviously your pets are going to feel the same way, but Something so simple as like not blocking their vision, I have found not opening their mouth has, you know, been really helpful in making it as positive as an experience can be (laughs) when it's very foreign and strange. That's great. And so how often would you say pet owners should be doing this routine to provide optimal oral health? 
So I would say as like a blanket statement, I would say daily brushing is the goal. I have had patients that have conditions where they're more reactive to their plaque and calculus or, you know, there's other things going on where they were brushing twice a day, which is, you know, amazing. But I think the the goal would always be once a day. And because, you know, if you're doing it every day, it becomes routine. We're kind of getting a step ahead of that plaque transforming into calculus. If you miss a day, like we're all human, I've missed a day with Scout. I've missed a couple days. That's okay. But the goal would certainly be daily. Yeah, she's still got all her teeth. So you can't have missed too many days. <laughs> right. Yeah. I miss a day here and there. You know, it does. It happens. We're all human. There is some information out there that says every other day is as good as every day. When you read the fine print, we're going to ultimately get some buildup of plaque and and maybe some calculus if we're going every other day. And then six months from now, then every other day isn't as good as every day. So I just sort of, to keep things simple, I always recommend every day. What are some of the big takeaway points that you want pet owners to remember regarding toothbrushing in their pet? It's weird. It's awkward when you first start out. It's going to take time. Like it's very foreign, especially if you're starting with an adult pet. I mean, if you have a puppy right now or listening to this, this is awesome. They've got puppy teeth, which are sharp. (laughs) So be careful. (laughs) Um, But you can, they can, you know, spend their whole time as a puppy getting used to this and then their adult teeth come in and you're like ready to go, which is awesome. But if you've got an adult dog, they've lived however many years not doing this, right? Like a a new puppy, we can kind of maybe convince them that this is the norm, but the adult dogs and cats, sorry, I keep leaving out the kitty cats. This is foreign. So, I mean, be patient with them, be patient with yourself and just, you know, make it a positive thing. You know, it always comes back to like, when is, when is it going to be positive? And when is it a time that we can be consistent with previous pets? Dinner time was a hectic time. So like that didn't happen. And then it became like a bedtime routine for her. Whereas with Scout, it's generally like around mealtime. So I think just being patient, making it a positive is important. And knowing that just like you and I, we brush our teeth every day, multiple times a day, we still go to the dentist. So it's not going to remove the need for professional care with your veterinarian, but it's definitely going to help. Scout gets professional cleanings at least once every nine months. I try to do every six months because she's a small breed dog. So, I mean, it doesn't remove the need for that. It just means it's much quicker. It's faster, less anesthesia time, and she gets to keep teeth. We're not having to extract teeth when she comes in. And that should be the goal, keeping as many teeth as possible while we keep the mouth as healthy as possible. Absolutely. Like my goal would be to see patients when they need a cleaning, they've got plaque calculus, they've got some gingivitis, but we don't have any bone loss or mobile teeth or things like that. That's always my goal. I would love that. I just know that that can always be the case, but I do find that toothbrushing does make a huge impact, not just with my own dog, but with patients that I've gotten to see. And it does make a huge impact where, you know, we're not taking teeth or we're taking much fewer teeth when we see them. So it's something that we can be doing at home that's going to make a big impact on their overall health. For toothbrushing, consistency and positivity, that's the key for making this successful for both pet owner and pet. 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to be like, oh, it's toothbrushing time. And they're, you know, you're chasing them around the house. We definitely don't <laughs> want that. Like, is it like the gold standard for oral health? Absolutely. And so I don't want it to be, you know, you're chasing your pet around the house um, because that's going to impact your relationship and your bond with them. And I mean, that's the whole point of having our pets, right? So yeah, just, you know, being patient with it, making it positive you know your pet best of what is going to pair the best with this to make it a positive thing. Yeah, have it something that everybody in the household looks forward to. And I think it'll be the most successful routine. So if pet owners would like to see some video of pets getting their teeth brushed and get a little bit more guidance as far as the technique that Dr. Thompson uses, you can visit www.yourvetwantsyoutoknow.com for the show notes for today's episode, as well as some pictures and videos. There's also a resource page on the website uh, where you can find a veterinary dentist near you if you would like to consult with a specialist, but many family veterinarians are very comfortable managing pets with dental disease. And then on the website, we'll also have references for today's show in the show notes. Dr. Thompson, if pet owners want more information on dental disease specifically and would like to kind of reach out to you, where can they follow you? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I do have a toothy.thompson on Instagram and that sort of all things teeth. I mean, raisin nose is in there quite a bit um, and a little <laughs> bit of my day-to-day life, but I do talk a lot about teeth there and then have just recently launched a, a website um, with the goal of disseminating information and sharing there. So I think by the time this airs, there'll be a resource page that will have information, just kind of breaking down veterinary recommendations on all things kind of oral health. So, you know, fractured teeth, toothbrushing, what's involved in a, in what we call a cohat or a comprehensive oral health assessment and treatments, otherwise known as a dental, generally what's involved in that when your pet goes to your vet to have a cleaning and x-rays and that kind of thing. Excellent. And would you like to share the website address? Oh, sure. I guess I have to do that, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so it's uh, Toothy Thompson, no P in my last name, no dots there. So it's toothythompson.ca. Wonderful. And for anybody who has a very small breed dog, this is probably a good resource for you so that you could check that out and keep your pet's oral health in tip-top shape. I would also encourage pet owners to join the Facebook group, Your Vet Wants You to Know, um, and tell us about your experience with brushing your pet's teeth. I would love to see more pictures and videos of the listeners um, doing that with their pets. I think that would be great. You can share your own tricks with other pet owners who might benefit there. Um, It's a really great resource for people and a community that we're building of pet owners who really appreciate the evidence-based medicine and the science that we're bringing to the show. If you have found some benefits in today's show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss more episodes. And also take a moment and just leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts so that more people are able to find the show in the future. That's a great way um, to increase visibility and, and just get the good information out there to other people. Dr. Thompson, I end every episode with a segment called Scratching the Itch, and it's a short segment that just highlights something, whether it's a human interest story, a product, a website, basically whatever you want that either provides relief or just makes you feel good, hence Scratching the Itch. (laughs) I would love to know if you have a Scratching the Itch for our listeners today. 
It's funny because talking about toothbrushing scratches that itch for me. (laughs) I love kind of connecting um, pet parents. I would say for me right now is connecting on social media with other veterinarians. That has really scratched the itch for me this last year. I've really enjoyed connecting with other veterinarians, such as yourself. And we met, virtually Mm -hmm. met. So that's been really helpful to be able to have this dialogue and my nerdiness embraced (laughs) and people enjoying (laughs) talking about these topics. So I would say that that just general community has been huge. Yeah, it's been really nice to meet people with similar interests and and through that outlet, especially since we're in a situation where we haven't been able to go to veterinary conferences and connect with people in person. So getting the chance to actually meet people who have this passion and this nerdiness for veterinary medicine, I I would agree it scratched the itch for me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's been really great. Um, You know, makes you feel a little bit less disconnected and isolated in times like this. Absolutely. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for coming on and talking to pet owners today about toothbrushing. I hope that they got some great information out of this and that they check out the resources that are in the show notes so that they can see those videos and pictures and really try and practice that toothbrushing technique with their pets at home so that they can maintain good oral health. I am so thankful for you taking the time to come on today. Oh, it was definitely my pleasure. And I'm excited to see pet parents sharing their tips and tricks and videos and pictures of toothbrushing. I'm excited for that. Wonderful. And for everyone listening, I look forward to your next visit with your vet wants you to know. Bye.